accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to revisiting the classic 90s series, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Belle. Belle. Man, how you doing today? I'm was going to think of a bunch of like TV jargon to really go with this episode, but everything's just coming up gray fuzz. Ah, you, you, you're kicking it back. Bad. You're feeling all uh, gay and frisky today, say? <laughs> Tune it into nah, TV hey, talk. Now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. Yeah, yeah, don't you know? Hey, gonna, uh, th- that, 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 that's, hey, that's another reference to a time travel movie. Uh, hey, there you know. <laughs> oh, look at it roll. Uh, now oh. we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. <laughs> look, we've got a great episode. Probably the the best episode thus far to talk about of television ever. Yeah, it was it was fantastic, and so I think we're eager to jump into it. But of course, before we do so, we got to let you know that this podcast is made possible by our amazing patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/TVTalk. If you right now are listening to this, and this podcast has been helping you get through the pandemic and our flash drought, uh, help to keep it on the air. Uh, go over to Patreon.com/slash/TVTalk where you can uh, support the show. I think this TV thing is the future battle. <laughs> I think I think this TV talk thing it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna dominate the future. It's gonna be flying cars and TV talks and podcasts. Nah. Nah, <laughs> see. Right. Let's shall we go ahead and jump into it? Yeah. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode 9 of season 1, Ghost in the Machine, directed by Bruce Bilson and story by John Francis Moore and Howard Chaikin. Bell, what happened to this episode? Well, in 1955, Central City's guardian was Desmond Powell, who fought crime as a vigilante known as the Nightshade. His last nemesis, a criminal mastermind known as the Ghost, is believed to have died after a confrontation, causing a guilt-stricken Powell to retire. However, the Ghost has in fact preserved himself in a cryogenic suspended animation chamber and resurfaces in 1990, where he hijacks Central City's power grid and holds the city for ransom, forcing Powell to return to action and join forces with the Flash. Together, they defeat the Ghost, who had wired himself into Central City's electrical network, and save the city. Dun, dun, dun. Again, that it is on a positive one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know how to rewrite that one to like make it, I mean. No, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Because that, that, that was a good description. Sometimes we get descriptions that are like, wow and 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 you have to do it right. but like this one that was a good description that one didn't really need a lot of work so i figured you know i'll, I'll just yeah I'll, I'll let it in on a high note and the dun 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 will be just kind of weird it'll just it'll be red dun 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 it um bell. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually <laughs> there's guy. a reason why we get bad or bad summaries and sometimes good summaries and that is because you know tv guide back in the day did its thing sometimes it was quite you know filled and packed and, and had a nice description and sometimes it was a little bit like a couple of different lines We've got kind of an interesting episode here because, as I understand it, this was actually released as something of a TV movie uh, after the announcement that the series was canceled. So, which we've got yeah, like way more episodes to go. So that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But but apparently this is the case. I mean, it could have been one of those things where like, you know, they canceled a show two episodes in, but they still have a, a, a backlog of filmed episodes that they haven't aired yet. Right. They ordered a full season, but they're not going to they're not going to get a second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I mean, like, they went all out with this one in particular. I mean, this really did have that kind of movie feel to it, that at least that TV movie feel. Um, it was noticeably darker. I don't know if you you uh, picked up on that, but you know, we you know, if you kind of compare this show with, you know, I guess other superhero genre or, or even just the modern day Flash, 
you know, the, the 90s series was taking a lot of direct inspiration from kind of the, the Batman franchise. And so it was a lot of the scenes were at night, a lot, you know, the overall tone is darker. There is almost a, uh, a nemesis or a menacing kind of sense that Barry as the flash sometimes has whenever he's uh, showing up, they kind of refer to him as the devil. Like there's, you know, there's a scarier nature to the flash. I mean, you know, not, not super scary, but at least scarier than you would normally associate with the character, especially in modern context. But this one kind of even upped the ante a little bit more. Not only did you have that Gotham esque feel, but it was, it was dark. It was like the long night dark. I, I felt like I had to kind of ramp up the brightness on the TV to see what was going on sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, you're dealing with the main character whose name was the nightshade. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that kind of makes sense. Uh, but yeah, there, it, it was definitely overall a little bit darker. And, um, but I think, I think, it, I think it, it, it lent itself well to this episode. It, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Look, this episode had so much that I've been wanting from this series. And I mean, like, you know, right off the bat, we're, we, we kick off in 1955. So the first thing on my mind is we're going to deal with time travel. And technically, we arguably, there was, there was time travel, right? But we're time traveling right now. Yeah, exactly. Into the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're all time traveling together. In fact, actually, Bill, we're in the past for the listener who's in our future. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, wrap your head around that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we could come through the podcast and be like, I knew it. I knew that podcasts were the future. I, I did know that podcasts were the future. You know what? Actually, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many years have we been doing this? And you've been saying, like, you know, since the beginning, ah, yeah, I got a hot tip. See, podcasts. Yeah, the way of the future. Yeah. They're going to be huge. See, they're going to be huge. We're going to start a podcast empire. We're going to take over the world. We're busting people's eardrums out because evil villain schemes when one million dollars anyway uh one million dollars i'm doing the pinky thing for those of you who are listening and you can't see my face but yeah yeah no the the pinky was definitely (laughs) heard um (laughs) but no man you had you had the cheesy super villain you had the uh the henchwoman now all of these uh, villains seem to have some sort of henchwoman <laughs> like that we've gotten yeah. on the series thus far, uh, especially like the more c- crazy or zany the villain, uh, the more almost guaranteed that there is going to be some sort of henchwoman uh, there as well. But of course, we did have kind of a bit of an age difference because of the time jump, which was kind of a fun twist on what we've seen before. And the villain himself, the ghost, was quite over the top. Like he had a costume, he froze himself to go to the future. He's using TVs to like, you know, take over the the city. Like this is this is some classic comic booky goodness going on right here. Yeah, it's I think it's I think it's they've delved kind of into it slightly with like the Star Labs techs and things like that. But like, yeah, this was the first real, like it felt like a comic book, right? Yeah. Uh, that that we've seen thus far in the show, and and well, we had Trackman. I still st- I still stand by Trackman being a uh, being a comic book villain in, in, in the <laughs> you know in the making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the in the making for sure. It was it was it, like why did nobody put that together? Trackman, like the Flash, he runs on tracks. Trackman would be his like greatest nemesis in this show, and he can control him to run. Trackman. Anyway, uh-huh. I'm Trackman, master of tracks. Yes, we haven't we haven't quite had that that uh, you know ultimate nemesis, but the ghost, of course, has his ultimate nemesis. We do have kind of the multi generational hero thing at play here with the nightshade, and I love the way that this character was introduced. Even the concept of like you know Barry's like, well, I don't remember any of this, and uh, you know Desmond's like, well, you know it's different times. People weren't uh, we don't have video footage back then, so we don't you know it's it's not. 
uh, in, in the same kind of living memory as, you know, what the flash is going through and, you know, the quote unquote today of 1990. Um, so I loved the idea of, of like introducing this kind of, uh, you know, multi-generational hero. The nightshade is a fantastic concept. Um, it's very much, and we'll get into this in flash facts, but I mean, this is a, an amalgam of a lot of different kind of comic book inspired characters, but really they kind of created their own, uh, kind of, uh, you know, central city hero of yesteryear in the nightshade and in Desmond Powell. And I love the dynamic between him and Barry. I love the respect that kind of existed there. Barry, you know, was not, you know, kind of that young gun kid, like, oh, I don't need you old timer, but was like showing that kind of respect for the, you know, the, the hero of yesterday. And then you've got, you know, that great moment at the end where Desmond's like, you know, I don't need to know your secret identity. Like, no, no, no game, rec- you know, game, recognized <laughs> yeah. game. We're not going to do that. that I, I don't you put it. that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I loved it, man. I thought it was, uh, I, th- I love their dynamic and I'm, excited i guess i did kind of spoil this for myself but as i understand it this is going to be a character that's going to be somewhat reoccurring over the rest of this season well that's a that's a welcome surprise yeah i didn't I, you know because a lot of these characters you know with the exception of obviously the lieutenant and julio and sabrina oh oh you know what oh, i didn't even mention this <laughs> sabrina came back that's the best reason about this episode <laughs> yeah like yeah we got to see sabrina like her I, I'm 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 glad, right? Because I I thought it was going to be one of those things where like you know we see her once and they mention her once, or they mention her every episode just to keep us in her mind, and then she dies or something like that. But no, we actually saw her on screen for the first time in 15 episodes. Yeah, and what's Julio doing? <laughs> Julio is over here. He's constantly like you know the love guru, but then all of a sudden, like Sabrina's finally back on screen on Screenville, and and they're right next to each other. He's macking on this girl who's like literally right there, and it's like what what are you doing? Julio, what every, are you doing? Every other word out of Julio's mouth when she's not on screen is Sabrina this or Sabrina that. Uh-huh. And then the first time they're on screen together in multiple episodes, yeah, he's he's chatting up some other lady. What was up with that? Julio, get it together, man. That was awful. I would like, look, when Sabrina was like staring at the back of his head too with like laser eyes that was going to just <laughs> zzz, zzz, right I'm surprised through. he couldn't feel it. Yeah. That was that was crazy. <laughs> See, this is this is what happens, man. I don't know if she stood him up for the wedding or he didn't invite her, but they're, they've got some issues. He needs to stop worrying about Barry and Tina's situation and handle his own business. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he has no room to talk anymore. That's right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, sh- I, but I'm, I'm still shipping him, man. I'm, I'm Helena. I'm, I'm shipping Helena. I mean, sure, you got to ship something, right? Yeah, yeah. And clearly, you know, Barry and Tina's not going anywhere. No, that ain't happening. As Julio so adequately put in this episode. <laughs> Two people who don't know <laughs> what the heck is right in front of their face. Right. Yeah. No, it's the, the blind leading the deaf or the deaf leading the blind or what, what, whatever the saying is. But regardless, uh, yes, uh, we did get Sabrina back. I was, I was super, super happy to see her back. But no, man, I, I love this episode and there's a ton to dive into. Let's start off with the ghost. Uh, now, we are dealing with a futurist in this villain. Um, he is somebody who seems to have predicted the future wrongly because... <laughs> his whole assumption was based on like what the technology of 2000 is, but then it ends up, he, 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 you know, undershoots it lands in the nineties and like, I was right. And I'm like, nah, I don't know, man, hang on another decade. I think you, you might, you might be actually a little off here. Yeah. I mean, we still don't have monorails or food pills or, you know, flying cars or any of that stuff today. And this is, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, hella, hella helicopter apartments or something like that or apartment helicopters. Uh, underwater cities, I know, is one of them. Oh yeah. So I mean, like you know, he was he was shooting for the sky, but he's like, TV, TV's going to be the big thing. Like that's going to get us from TV 
we're going to get flying cars. <laughs> it's the natural progression of the technology. That just makes that just makes spider sense right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was uh he was very competent uh in in his abilities, although like I said he did undershoot the decade. Um I like the the concept that maybe it was Y2K that messed him up, especially given that he was very limited in what numbers he could put down in his cryo chamber. Yeah, yeah, you know, um that's yeah, those those early programming languages. You know one of the reasons why they did that was to save uh, bits right when you're when you're talking about dates like, yeah. well, we don't need the first two the, the century went all the change and then it changed and so they're like oh so yeah i wonder about that with it. Um, it it's a good thing that it did uh that he did set it to you know before 2000 because if he had like a buffer overflow in his cryogenic pod who knows when he would have woken up yeah I, I, it could have been <laughs> could have been terrible it been like, yeah it'd have been like the year 3090 and he's like oh yeah i love how disappointed Whoops. he was by um by by video games like like going in through and seeing like an arcade and being like the most powerful technology in the world world the television and you use it for games yeah yeah like that was surprising to me i figured that might be something you know that that he would thought was was interesting right yeah like uh, uh you know oh this is uh tv's become so commonplace that they use it for you know, physical entertainment instead of just, you know, viewing entertainment or something. I don't know. But yeah, that that was sort of a surprise. Like, I figured that would be something to, like, inspire him. I, I thought I thought they might be going down the angle of like, oh, you know, look at all these drones on their video games. I will use it to literally enslave them, you know, kind of thing. But right. um, yeah, they, they didn't they didn't go down that line. And, and granted, I wasn't disappointed. No, I'll say no, that. No, no. I'll say that. Well, that's the thing. The ghost, as with many flash villains that we've seen on this series in particular so far, walks this line of dangerous and cheesy. You know what I mean? Like like equal parts danger, equal parts cheese. Yeah, like he toes it really well. Um, and the the yeah, like like especially with like the 1950s costume that he had mm-hmm. that fit perfectly. Like it totally fit the aesthetic and everything. And then he goes to like this weird computer cable harness, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which, which is super, super cheesy. Cause I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's the, the fact that uh, when you look back further, you have more clarity on the times. And so like the very retro fifties outfit that he had, fit in perfectly didn't feel very cheesy but like you know in the 90s and computers and stuff when we look back there from 30 years like they're looking at the 50s from 40 years ago we're looking at this show from 30 years ago and so like you know it might have looked to them at the time in the 90s like this suit looks neat but it's super super corny Man, you know, that's wild. I mean, like if you through that lens, there is kind of a similarity of, of, you know, uh, ships, Barry, I guess ships, Jay really, but I mean like ships flash looking to Grant's fat flash the same way that Desmond did Barry here. You know what I mean? Like with that generational, like, you know, build, uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to spend too much time with this version of the flash, you know, aside from like, you know, essentially, what was kind of a cameo in Elseworlds and then ultimately the setup where for his very epic death and crisis. Um, but we didn't, we didn't get a chance to like see those two get to know each other. It's all, it, it almost kind of feels a little bit more like a missed opportunity now that I've for one thing seen the series, but also seen like this episode in particular because of that dynamic and how much this Barry, the nineties Barry really 
appreciated that. Um, he's had a bit of kind of a lonely go of it. Yes, he's got Tina and and he's been able to share part of his life with her, but he doesn't really have anybody that knows what it's like to throw on a mask and go out and do his do their part to save the day. Now, of course, Barry does have the superpowers, whereas Desmond's out here doing it with the old fisticuffs, man. He was uh he was nightshading it up before Barry was even born and he was doing it without superpowers. Yeah, with the knockout gun. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And and is uh like, okay, so dude, the nightshade. I love this character. What a fantastic, fantastic addition to the lore. And it is criminal that this is not something that we've seen made its way into uh I don't think the comics I don't think you know definitely not in the the modern se- uh, series like this is a this is a cool character from many respects and I love Desmond man like he's got kind of that that older wisdom but still like you know I'm I ain't too young for this you know this yet like he's he's <laughs> he's still kind of able to go out he's like you know compare compare this episode with the one where Barry's dad's like I want to get off the couch and go shoot some guys like yeah. <laughs> night and day difference like right between like you know the the old cop you know saying like hey, I'm going to do it the way we used to do it and screwing up everything while you know over his beer gut versus like you know the old like hero who was fighting you know fighting for for the city and having to do so under cover of mask not just because, you know, obviously vigilanteism, but because of racism. What? We talk about racism on television? We don't talk about racism on television. Yeah, that super surprised me. But, you know, I well, no, what? It, <sighs> that was great. Like, that's one of the things that like even like the modern CW, like a big crit- critique I actually have of a lot of the CW shows is that they shy away from talking about racism and like like instead will go into homophobia, which is something worth talking about to be sure. But like like I remember even when the Nazi planet came and like took over and all they talked about was kind of the homophobic Nazis. And I'm like, y'all, y'all not going to talk about why the West family isn't here? Y- y- we just, we're, we're going to brush over the fact that like, you know, these racists killed all the black people. Like, are we like, what, yeah. like what, what are we, why, why are we addressing this? It just seems odd to me that like, even in legends of tomorrow, I remember like there were a couple of moments, a couple episodes where they would go back in the past and kind of addressed racism for like two seconds. But then it mostly kind of became around, you know, uh, they, they would lean more harder into like the homophobic nature of various eras as opposed to the racism and kind of sometimes brush that under the rug. Like, Oh, you know, racism, that's, that's a little uncomfortable to talk about, but man, well, I mean, they, they, I they legends, went in here. I was happy. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think legends handled it better than the flashes handled it, honestly. Um, uh, they, cause you know, they, they go back in time to these eras and, you know, Jack's being uh, a black character in, you know, 1950s Southern areas. Like yeah, the they, one episode, the one episode, come on. They're, they're, they're like, they're like two, right. I think. Right. I'm, I'm not but, not to not to give legends a hard time. I just I think it's I just find it very very interesting, uh, and I think encouraging that the '90s series was was able to like shy away because I was sitting here thinking about it. I was like, man, Desmond was out here in 1955, rolling around as a superhero. Like, are we gonna just pretend like that was like easy for him? <laughs> like, are we not yeah, are we gonna yeah. actually like address the the racism that was there? And I mean, like, I will say this, you know, uh, in in traditional 90s form, when uh, the bad guy does make a, a comment, you know, a racial comment, uh, and Desmond's like, oh, you really are a relic, because, you know, racism didn't exist in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. That was only in the 50s. We don't have... Ra- racism took a break in the 90s and then came back strong after <laughs> after the Well, I'm trying to remember when the LA riots happened versus when this episode right. aired. Um. Right. <laughs> no, it was, it was really like 90s TV and kind of like there was kind of this like... Uh, 
not it was definitely not like post-racial television or anything like that but it was very much like a let's just kind of pretend like you know racism is done with and there was a little bit of that here but also the fact that they even like addressed it i thought was good and here's the thing this got me thinking, man. I love Desmond as a character. I love the Nightshade. I love a lot of actually that we what we've been introduced to on the 90s series, like lore, because they have been, you know, to their credit, they have been establishing like new flash lore. And to the detriment, I would say, of the modern series, there hasn't been a whole lot to tap into that. So I have been campaigning for quite some time for there to be a uh, an episode where there's some sort of time travel shenanigans, but we get introduced to young Grandma Esther in her prime. (laughs) Belle, this is my pitch. What if Grandma Esther is the nightshade of Earth Prime? Oh, that'd be brilliant. Fund it. Do it. Dude, wouldn't that be incredible? Like, what? how awesome would that be? Like, no, it'd be great to have Desmond Powell as well, but I'm just saying, post-crisis and everything else and time travel shenanigans, what if Grandma Esther was the nightshade in, like, 1950s or whenever it may have been? Like what, how cool would that have been or would that be to introduce that character in that capacity? And, you know, just because of the family connection and everything else, I just think it'd be, I think it'd be great. Oh, dude, that would be amazing. Like, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> just, just think of, think of like uh, Desmond as like a nightshade out of time on Earth Prime with Grandma Esther as the nightshade of her time in the past. And like we have nightshade and nightshade. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that would be a fantastic idea because I, I think it'd be awesome. I want to see more Grandma Esther, and two, Nightshade was really cool, and three, I don't, I don't have a third. <laughs> you one. don't have a third one. <laughs> she could be chilling out. She's got, she's got like her, like you know, uh, Nightshade cave, and she's got her, uh, you know, uh, trophy room. But she also has like a, like a whole shelf of bourbon up there. You know what I mean? Like again, I just have always loved this concept. <laughs> Of like a hard drinking, like, you know, Grandma Esther, who at the time I was thinking like, maybe she's like undercover CIA or CSI or something like that. But now I'm like, no, man, no, she's Nightshade. Like, like bring her in and make her Nightshade. That'd be incredible. Uh, so anyway. Her I'm- trophy room, instead of like collecting trophies from like, you know, like Batman does or whatever. Yeah. Her trophy room is just empty bottles of liquor. Just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> like like Flashbox said, you don't even see it. You just hear the bottles rumbling around whenever they move their feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it'd be great. It'd be absolutely great. No, I love the the concept of the trophy room. Obviously, that is uh, something that we've seen other characters. You mentioned Batman uh, have, you know, Desmond even gives uh, Barry kind of the advice about possibly starting his own treasure room. I I thought, I, you know, I, I kind of thought he was about to say like, you know, a, a museum, you know, like they, that might be a little, uh, you know, something to throw on like a little personal flash museum. I don't know. I thought we were going to get a little, little word cameo there, but, but no, no. No, no such luck. No, no such luck. No, but um, thought it was very cool. So loved Nightshade. I also noticed that when Barry, uh, I guess I think he was Barry at that point. He may have been the Flash. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to remember because he was very open in front of Desmond when he was Barry and the Flash. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't trying to act like the Flash when Desmond was around. He was acting like Barry Allen. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of had his guard down a little bit. He did, he did. Well, and, and part of that, I think, is because you know he he recognized kind of a kindred spirit, um, and and also you know I think he he really did kind of you know at the end I, I thought for sure he was going to reveal himself. I thought the way that Desmond played that was really good, but I think Barry just was kind of looking for that kind of that accepting father figure 
in more of a truer, a better way than, than his own father has been able to be. Um, and, and Desmond was kind of to some extent providing that. I will say he was very adamant to try to get like, so you just went out there and you just shot people and that was okay. Please tell me that was okay. Cause I kind of did that a couple of weeks back. Like, that's okay. Right. And he's like, no man, I, I just shot him with darts. It's I'm not killing anybody after Korea. Yeah. He's like, Barry's like, finally a father figure. who doesn't want to murder everyone. <laughs> I thought he was trying to get him to sound like, cause Barry was like, wasn't Barry often dudes too. I mean, he was shooting up the bad guys as well. So in that episode, so to Barry's defense, he he specifically mentioned that okay, get the guys out here to pick up the guys that I wounded or whatever. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I, I wounded. And they're like, this one's dead. He's like, no, he's, he's wounded. And like, no, 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 he's not. I, I shot him. In, <laughs> I shot him in the leg. Yeah, you hit his femoral artery. He he's he bled out. Like he died. It's like, yeah, that's a tough wound. It's a tough wound there. Um, it's a tough wound. We're gonna go now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, you, obviously you don't need an ambulance. All these guys are dead. We're gonna call the coroner's office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So I, uh, I, I dug, uh, I dug that dynamic. We also, you know, got uh, explanation of how the ghost was going to essentially take over the city through networks. You know, one of the things that's always interesting is, you know, the progression of technology, right? So you have to think about this: is early 1990s, the internet was not the internet. However, we had, you know, network television. And so it was kind of the pre-internet of its day. I love the the fact they talked about, you know, it's the control of information is kind of what ends up, uh, you know, controlling the, uh, the the modern era of the 1990s. And that is certainly true even to, to modern times. You, you kind of wonder, man, what, what would it be like, you know, for the ghost to you know, a, a similar story to occur in a modern context of somebody from 1950, let's say fighting grandma Esther or, or you know, in, in 1950 coming into Grant Gustin's modern, you know, 2020 or 2021 and recognizing like, Oh, TV was great, but you know, it's, it's now streaming services, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, computers fit in a room and now they fit in a briefcase. Nope. Now they fit in your pocket. You know, now they fit on your watch and your hand and your eye. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Gideon would have blown his mind. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, there, there's, there's been a significant advance in technology from the fifties to the nineties for sure. But like the jump from the nineties to today, just it's oh gosh what is the um um it's like a flashpoint <laughs> yeah yeah i watched this video where it was saying like uh they they were they were talking about um if you took like a a, a cave a cave person like you know from mm, ten thousand years mm-hmm. ago how far forward could you take them in time before everything was completely alien to them and like from ten thousand years ago you could go like 8,000 years before they'd be like, what is all of this stuff? And then you take a person from that time and you move it forward. And like each one of these jumps, it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. So like to take somebody from, from the 1600s, you'd have to take them to like the 1800s, like steam power and stuff like that from the 1800s. It'd be like, you know, the very early 1900s. And then from someone from the early 1900s to like 1940 with the atom, you know, the power of the atom and stuff like that from 1940 to like 1980, you know, and then from 1980 to like, <laughs> you know, Dude. it's 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 interesting how those like time gaps sort of sort of shrink. So, yeah, you know, you got to wonder like what that character, what the ghost would have done with all that kind of power that we have today. Or if he would have done anything, would he be actually so out of his element? He'd just be some dude. Yeah. I mean, like, because that's the thing is like, you know, my parents can't work computers. <laughs> 
basketball, man. I mean, they can't. Look, I, they I'm, can't. Not, I'm not saying anything disparaging. No, like I had a like a, a 45 minute phone call with my mom the other day to, to tell her how to like. Uh, um, Wait, she doesn't listen to the podcast. I mean, yeah, she does. Hi, mom. Sometimes. Uh, 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 hey, Bell's mom. <laughs> that was a, that was a thing. It was a whole bit. We did that for years. I always thought she was listening. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, she. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. She doesn't know. She knows she's not good with computers. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing because some people just aren't okay. good with computers. No, no. I mean, I wasn't judging it. I was just saying yeah. like, you know, if she could listen to a podcast, she can, you know, use Microsoft Paint or whatever the. I don't yeah, know. yeah. But, you know, yeah. But, you know, it's it's like uh, and I'm sure in maybe even just 10 years, I'll be like, I don't because there's there's things about the Internet today that I don't understand. And so, yeah, like, <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Actually, he wouldn't be able to do anything right now. The ghost. Mm. because we switched from analog to digital there it is yeah because tv tv broadcasts were all analog and now they're all digital and so see that'd be that'd be the rough man if you were like banking on like the evolution of the technology and like oh you know if you if you arrive at this perfect year then you become like this like digital god but then if you overshoot it by like like five months (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a, I think I've referenced this before, but if you go back and watch the 90s animated Spider-Man series, you remember the... So in that first season, you have Hobgoblin takes over Kingpin's like, like establishment, I guess. He takes over his criminal empire and is blown away by the concept that he can like instantly communicate with anybody on the planet. Um, like Because the internet was like about to be a thing like next week. But like at the time, it was like this, like, oh, major technology. And so he's going around. And of course, it's Mark Hamill. And he's like, what is this instant communication with anyone on the planet? And he's like going around (laughs) and selling weapons to all of these like various nations as they're like warring with each other. But uh, but yeah, it's just always funny to go back and like listen to, you know, Mark Hamill, Hobgoblin voice, like freaking out over the concept of the Internet you know, that late into the nineties. It's like, I uh, hang around hobgoblin. Hang around. Yeah, like, just, you, you don't need to take over a criminal empire for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That'll, that'll be readily available in just, you know, a couple, a couple weeks. <laughs> Not long at all. Not long at all. Hey, Barry eats a uh, lox uh, onion burrito. Okay. That was weird. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I mean, I'll try it, but like part of it's like the, the crispy bagel, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, no, the bagels, I, I would argue, is definitely a better delivery system. But, you know, hey, I'll, hey, can it burrito? That's the question. And I locks you can you can do most things with. So I say go for it. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he, he actually, he didn't eat the burrito. Um. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nah, it was stolen from him. By the lieutenant. By... <laughs> Uh, okay, so all right. Before we get into some of these flashbacks, kind of, um, and and you know, it's nice we actually have some flashbacks <laughs> this week. Uh, any other thoughts about uh, about this episode? So I think, um, and I'm I'm working on this theory, but I'm pretty sure that Spider-Man Noir mm. was Nightshade, who's bitten by a radioactive spider. Oh, hey, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got I got real big Spider Man Noir vibes from uh, from Nightshade. See, I minus thought the that, Nicolas Cage. I was about to say I thought that uh, Spider Man Noir was a Nicolas Cage bitten by a radioactive Nicolas Cage. <laughs> we've all we've all been there. We've all been bitten by a radioactive Nicolas Cage that's made us question everything and and nothing all at the same time. That's all right, it, let's get it. into some flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. All right, man. So like I said, this episode, along with, you know, quote, the deadly nightshade, 
was aired following the cancellation of The Flash as a TV movie called The Flash 3 Deadly Nightshade. Hmm. What? Like, I, take us, like, this is the thing. We get emails and comments from time to time from folks that did watch this, like, like live on air. I would love to get the, the understanding of why this was The Flash 3 Deadly Nightshade. I, I understand The Flash Deadly Nightshade, but what was 2? Like, if the pilot was 1, what was 2? Yeah. It's been some episodes. That's like, <laughs> there's this really like, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a horror parody movie that like uh it's like slumberhouse massacre four or something like that yeah uh-huh. but they never made a one two or three well yeah that's that's and, what star wars did to be <laughs> fair so i mean like we, i guess we can't knock it yeah i yeah that's weird the flash three deadly nightshade so i mean but that's the thing is like that's my question do they air two episodes and then they got to cancel so they combine these two to release it as a tv movie Maybe. And then they just never aired the rest of them? This one did have that movie feel to it, but it's interesting that it, it, it did it with the other one. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, it, help us out. If you watched it live, if you remember the Flash 2 electric boogaloo or whatever it was, let us know. <laughs> and uh, Or two, two Flash, two... Two Flurious? Two Flurious. Hey, Desmond <laughs> gives Flash the nickname Speedy in this episode. Uh, something that often happens, of course, is that uh, people call the Flash Speedy, but Speedy is not... The nickname of the Flash, nor is it the nickname of his kid sidekick, as listeners of this show are well aware. That is the Green Arrow sidekick, Roy Harper. Um, I, you know, I, th- there's always that that made you know people make mention of that. I think even in Young Justice, at one point, Kid Flash kept on being called Speedy. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, like he runs really fast. Why? Why? Why do they call Roy Harper Speedy? Because he was he was fast at shooting the arrows, and and uh, Oliver, you know, thought it was like, hey, you know, slow down there, Speedy, or whatever it was. It was about the, how fast he was shooting the arrows. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it works better as a Flash sidekick name, honestly. It really does. You almost kind of feel like Wally showing up on the first day, like, all right, I'm here. I'm I'm Speedy, ready to run right next to you is like oh no you're gonna be the great kid flash and i was like well can i be my own own person like nope nope you're gonna wear my exact same costume only smaller and you're gonna be the kid version of me like well, but, but, okay you know, like, like, well, that's not fair i spent a lot of time i i, I workshop this name right. speedy speedy does well with focus groups yeah what if what if i uh what if i paint it yellow ah it's the bad guy's name you can't do that there'll be kid eobard or kid zoom or kid blah like <laughs> Reverse kid flash. I just want Would that be no, no, I'm not gonna say that one. You reverse kid and uh Oh yeah, no, you probably, probably not. <laughs> that, that wouldn't translate in a, in an audio uh <laughs> in an audio context. All right. When catching the ghost, Barry references the song Don't Touch That Dial by Captain Sky. Um, which of course was very popular at the time, I guess. I'm not familiar. Um, yeah. That one got me too. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Nightshade. So this is a combination of, of a lot of different characters. Uh, so Nightshade, and this is kind of what's what's been proposed here. Um, you know, so Dr. Midnight, surgeon by day, vigilante by night, who fights crimes despite only being able to see in complete darkness. Uh, Midnight uses a variety of non-lethal weapons, uh, like blackout bombs and knockout lights, that sort of thing. Yet an owl sidekick named Hootie. <laughs> uh, not not to be associated with the Blowfish. It was the 40s. Yeah, Hootie uh, had a sidekick uh, that was also named the Blowfish. So ah, there it, was, it is. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that sounds amazing. That would be a great, like, like an owl superhero named Hootie, and he's got a sidekick that's a Blowfish, or that's like a... <laughs> yeah, he, he his, his special powers, he can shoot poisonous darts, and so yeah. they call him the Blowfish. Darius Rucker would sue us, though. I don't know. Actually, he might be happy. It's like, okay, good. Somebody else do Hootie and the Blowfish. I'm I'm being all country right now. Yeah. 
Uh, the other character is the Sandman, uh, not to be confused with the Neil Gaiman character of the same name. Wesley Dobbs was the first iteration of the Sandman who would receive dreams telling him of someone in need of help. He, uh, with his sidekick Sandy, because again, it was the 40s, he would don a fedora and gas mask and use non-lethal gas guns in an attempt to right the wrongs. Um, there's also the character of the Nightshade is a doctor like Dr. Midnight, sharing similar names. So the other the other thing too is there actually is a nightshade in the comics. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, has that been the name of both a hero and a supervillain? Um the only thing I saw reference to in my cursory search was um just um a a, a hero. Okay. Because if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Nightshade, member of the Suicide Squad. And um uh, then there's also what is it? The there's also the Shade, right? Who uh can kind of become a shadow. Yeah, yes 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 the shade the shade he's got a tight he's got a he's got a top hat and a cane and he becomes a shadow oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. no relation here in this this situation but um no but but nightshade nightshade's also a uh a magic user right that sounds about right it's not a character i'm very familiar with but i do know yeah, that there is either. a nightshade and i know that it's not this like like and that's why you know the name in particular nightshade is kind of up for grabs if the flash wanted to kind of play around with it so just saying a lot of kind of amalgam of heroes that we see in kind of the creation of this character. Um, let's bring it into earth prime and let's, let's, uh, let's make it grandma Esther. And you know what? Oh, what if it's like grandma Esther and she, she could be, she could be married to Desmond. Like maybe Desmond's her husband. There you go. I think that'd be cool. I think there's just a lot of like, this is such a cool concept. The flash of, of the modern era of earth prime CW executives. Get with the program. <laughs> get with the program. Let's let's get Nightshade. Let's get let's get Grandma Esther as Nightshade. Let's Hashtag do it. it. Uh, the ghost states, "Do not adjust your seat. I control the horizontal. Uh, I control the vertical." Is a reference to the popular '60s sci-fi show, The Outer Limits. Did you watch The Outer Limits back in the day? Uh, no, I, I, I've seen, like I. It came out in the '90s again, right? Um, I think they re, they redid it then. Um, well, here's my question. It came out in the '60s. And and he froze himself in fifty five. So how would he even know how to make that reference? I mean, he was saying that not as a reference to the outer limits. The writers were making him say it as a reference to the outer limits. But like, like it's such it's a TV. Okay. But like don't don't adjust your set like the horizontal and the vertical like in those old TVs back then. Like you would adjust the set. Okay. To like because like if it was wavy like that, you could you could adjust the cathode ray to like make it make the picture s- straight. Yeah. And so that's why they would say that on the outer limits. It's like, we control this, blah, blah, blah. So he was saying it as like, I'm literally taking over your TV. And I don't think he was referencing the outer limits. The writers were referencing the outer limits by making him say the thing that the guy from the outer limits says. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, like, I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's good that he was more obsessed with the, like the technology than the actual content, because otherwise he'd come back from the fifties and he'd just be binge watching VHSs. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Like try, like, well, what would be great is if like he comes to the future, right? right. And he watches. He's like, you know, when he when he's flipping through TV and stuff like that, 178 channels. Like he flips it to the outer limits, and they're like they they play that bit, and then the host says that, and he's like, hey, they took my line. Right. <laughs> that yeah. would have been that would have been great. That would have been good. That would have definitely been good. Uh, Amanda Pay's husband Corbett Benson was initially cast as the ghost but had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts with L.A. law. 
So there you go. I thought the guy that played the ghost was really good. In fact, at first, I, his his voice sounded familiar. I thought maybe he was the same voice actor that uh, played the uh, the question in Justice League Unlimited. However, uh, he is not. He's had some kind of bit television roles throughout his career, uh, up into even kind of the the late uh, teens here. But um, but no, I didn't I didn't recognize him necessarily for anything else. But I thought he was great in this. Yeah, no, I thought he did a great job. Like, yeah, I, I, this, this episode was, was a gem. It really was like Nightshade, um, just pulled everything off perfectly. Like the, the episode felt really good. Like I, I, I'm not surprised they put it out as a TV movie. Um, it, it makes sense. Like, uh, this was a really, really well done episode. Yeah. Uh, by far one of my favorites. I think that the, um, you know, the production value was high despite it being, you know, obviously television made for television and, you know, Yes, it. I know I'm not crazy. Like it was a little darker because I think they were going for more of that noir type of tone, which yeah. makes sense, especially with a character like Nightshade. Um, but it did have. It was giving me like this is the '90 version, the '90s version of you know the Long Night from the Game of Thrones uh, final season, where everything was done so dark you could barely see what was going on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't seem to have that problem. It, it it seemed fine on my TV, but you know, my TV is amazing, so. Let me ask you this. Are were you watching it on Amazon Prime? No, no, no. I, I own the physical discs. Oh, okay. So when did do they have the hold for commercial breaks on the physical discs? Um like I insert mean, commercial here? There's not like a blank it, it 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 doesn't like cut to black and then cut back in, or does it? Okay. I, well, I, I haven't noticed them. I'll, I'll say that. I have not noticed like, hey, this is very obviously a um gosh, commercial break. Jeez. I was trying to say <laughs> I wanted to say customer break. I'm like, why am what, I wanting to say customer? What are those things? Those things that we used to have to sit through you before know, ad, we could binge stream. Advertisements. <laughs> right. uh, yes, the advert- advertisement. Um, no, like in the Amazon Prime version, uh, there actually is this. I think this is the only time I've ever noticed this. And I, I didn't know if maybe it was because of how it was released at the time. But the, it went to a, it went to black and then had just like written on the screen, insert commercial here or place commercial here. Did it really? Yeah, it was like a blast from the past seeing something like that. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, theoretically, you wouldn't normally see that if you were sitting at home. It was something that only, you know, industry types behind the scenes would see to know, you know, this is where we <laughs> where we insert the ads. It's interesting because like right now, you know, with podcasting, uh, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of platforms for kind of larger shows or that kind of support larger shows with dynamic ad insertion where you go in and you, you know, find the exact moment and you kind of, you know, set it for where the ad's going to be inserted and that sort of thing. We do this with some of the shows that we work on. Not this one. This one's not nearly <laughs> large enough to do that. <laughs> but but regardless, uh, it's kind of cool. And actually, man, I don't I don't know that I shared this with you. Earlier last year, I, I had a, uh, a a newer client and I worked with them for, for two seasons on a show that was both for podcast and radio. It was the first time that I've ever actually worked, you know, on a radio show specifically. Oh, and uh, yeah, it was fascinating. And so like I had to cut it for like, you know, the the timestamps, you know, with podcasting, we can talk as long or as short as we want to. Well, we're going to wrap up here in the next five minutes. Some weeks we'll wrap up in the next 30 minutes at this stage in the game. You know, it's it's podcasting. We can do whatever we want. But in radio, you're like like hard held to these like exact timestamps for where, you know, the ads are supposed to go in. And so you have to cut it off at a certain time. You have to kind of fade the music in and all that kind of stuff which if you're live is easy enough to kind of self-regulate. But if you're, you know, podcasting, you, 
that's going to cut it down and, and find those moments to like add, you know, add those ad inserts. But anyway, it, it, it reminded me of that when I saw that thing pop up on my screen. So you did not see that at all. No, no, I, I've never seen anything like that. Like, so they, they do a better job of editing that kind of thing out, which, which, which makes me think what version of the show did Amazon digitize? Like, did they get a, a, a studio, like a oh, studio cut? Oh, huh. And that's, maybe that's, that's why really you had a better, like maybe a clearer version. Although you would think that I would have had a clearer version if that's the case. I mean, you know, there's also lighting issues with the TV and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, uh, when they pressed it on disc, they tweaked the, uh, they, they tweaked the broadcast levels and whatnot mm. like because maybe that was a complaint people got oh this episode was too dark and so they're like well we can't do anything about it now we canceled the show uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's like well I, how much will it cost to uh to lighten that thing up i mean about about twenty dollars all right do we have it in the budget nope they canceled us all right just let it roll as is <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's that's interesting because like yeah i mean it was a, it was dark but like it wasn't you know it wasn't game of thrones that episode you referenced dark yeah that was a rough one um all right well there you go there's some flashbacks about the episode i I, a blast uh absolutely incredible um a lot of great characters kind of introduced throughout uh some fun concepts you got time travel finally kind of pseudo introduced into the series or at least utilized in the series um desmond the nightshade who hopefully like i said i i believe i accidentally spoiled this for myself but i think he does come back for an episode or two before the the season and thus the series is done and just a cool concept of a character that I would love to see happen in the modern show. Come on, y'all. Grandma <laughs> Esther as the nightshade. Would that not be incredible? Who's with me? Let us know. Let us know your thoughts on that. Pitch it. You know what? Y'all pitch it to us. Let us know what your thoughts are on how you would bring the nightshade into the 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 you know the current series. Uh, I think that'd, that'd be a, a fun character to have some fun with. But um, yeah, there you go. Bell, any uh, any final thoughts before we, uh, before we uh, run, it, run it on down here? Yeah, you know, this one was the first episode I feel that that felt kind of like a modern Flash episode, right? Mm. You know, you have acknowledgement of superheroes that existed in the past, which they've which they've done in the the modern Flash show, um, meetups of like different eras of heroes, uh, more comic booky kind of villains. Um, you know, it yeah, it, it this one I think is the closest we've gotten to a modern Flash episode of the series and I think it was all the better for it. I, I really liked it. I, I can't really I can't wait to see the, the the next episode, quote unquote, of this one, which is gonna be uh Deadly Nightshade, which I think is episode sixteen. Uh so it'll, it'll be yeah, it'll be coming out in a little bit. So I'm really excited to see that one. And I'm really hoping that this is the first step of them kind of diving more into the comic book roots of the show. And so I'm really excited and looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, man. We're off to the races right after the show got canceled. What happened here, guys? <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to let shows find their footing. I guess even back then, Fox was like killing them left and right before they before they could really figure out what they were doing. But yeah. Um, you know what? Hey, if it ain't broke, I guess keep on breaking it. Uh, <laughs> all right. There you go. Well, we want to encourage y'all. Let us know your thoughts on this episode of the series thus far. If you're enjoying the show, uh, head over to the Twitters and let us know at Flash TV Talks is a place to do it. Uh, I'm dropping off of Twitter. I actually like killed my Facebook page today. So I'm going to be social media incognito for at least a year. I'm taking a year sabbatical from social media. Although I'll technically be on the Flash TV Talk thing. So <laughs> if, 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 I'm, if that's tweeting, it's technically me. I'll keep it to the flash and comic book stuff. Probably, maybe not, but, but, but probably, <laughs> but you can also follow bell at ring that bell. 
Yeah, but if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. Also, the Facebook page is there at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides music for our show. You can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. You like podcasts? Well, get yourself some great podcasts at tvtalk.fm. I think this TV talk thing is going to be a big deal in the future or or the past. tvtalk.fm. That's the place to do it. Check it out. And that's going to do it for, for us for this week. But until next time, we'll be back in a flash. and the guy in the thing. All right, here we go. You ready for this? Let's do it. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news reviews and nope, nope. Come on. Really? <laughs> it's highlighted. It's highlighted. I know. I wasn't reading. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. 
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.